find out how people's behaviors are changing and have a guess where it's going to land, right? There's obviously no crystal ball um, about what um, the economy is going to look like. But the one thing is for sure is everybody's going to be online. And there's so much data in there that um, if there's something that is niche, look at that. Right? So you don't want to be a generalist, right? If there's something that you can do really, really, really well, that people will look for you, it doesn't matter how small the market is, right? Um, if you can be the best at it, that's probably a good idea on where to look at. Hello and welcome to the Mind to Lead podcast. I'm Georgie Hubbard and I am on a mission to help you live a level 10 life. If you want to live an extraordinary life, a life full of passion and energy, of joy and abundance, then this is the podcast that teaches you how to do just that. Through my conversations with some extraordinary leaders and my own life experiences, I come to you weekly with all of the teachings, and steps you need to take your life to the next level. So if you are ready to develop the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast. And today, very excited and I have an amazing guest. His name is Alex Louie and he is the managing director of the fantastic AppScore Digital. AppScore builds software to solve everyday business problems, which right now I'm sure you're bombarded uh, with phone calls. Um, so Alex, over to you. Could you give us a bit of an overview of who you are and uh, yeah, oh, your sure. journey? <laughs> Thanks for that intro, which is amazing. I think that was the best intro that I've had for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, what do we do? We um, we build mobile web cloud for for enterprise customers. So you know, we Nick and I, um, who I guess you had on a couple of weeks ago, we started the business about ten years ago now. It's mm. it's gone so quick; it doesn't feel like ten years. Um, we initially started working with startups, and just over time, we've sort of moved into the enterprise space and it's been amazing we've been working in the enterprise space for maybe the last six or seven years or so and uh yeah lately we've just seen all sorts of advancement um and i guess uh, acceleration in the digital space like it's just gone bang like it's it's, yeah. it's crazy so no it's 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 always good fun in this space talking to to tech people and uh people like yourself yeah well this is why, why I wanted to get you on, just because I think that right now, everyone is starting to think about how can I improve my digital presence? How can I get my business online? What should I be thinking about during this time? And you, you said there that you started working with startups. And I also saw that you come from quite a corporate background yourself. So you've, you've seen and probably experienced it all. So in terms of, I guess, digging into that now I mean the world has changed dramatically in the last six months and you said that you are getting busier and you've kind of gone boom so let, let's just talk to that right there like what sort of trends are you sort of seeing in the market and since sort of COVID hit how has your business I guess changed pivoted or what lessons have you been learning during this time you know I, th I think um the market's changed significantly because everybody's um I guess for a lot of companies previously, they thought about digital and they had, you know, they had started a, a digital journey. These are some of the, some 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 very large companies, but we felt sort of in the last six months, it's really accelerated. Um, and I think one of the key areas that a lot of our customers are getting really deep in is, you know, if they had a presence, 
they're turning it to be more sophisticated. Right? They're getting into data. They're trying to understand their customers because often they can't really talk to their customers anymore, like, like on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. There's, the customer interaction is, you know, through a website. So a lot of our customers has become more sophisticated in tracking their customer behaviors, using big data, um, and a lot of them have ex- um, accelerated their cloud journey. So getting more stuff um, in, into the cloud, cutting costs. There's, there's, a, there's a really big raft of work that is being done by our customers, but most of it, I think the biggest um, and most exciting place is understanding their customers better, just because they interact differently, their customers behave differently and their customers are forced to behave differently. Um, and, you know, companies are learning uh, what the best way is to get in contact with them, communicate with them, you know, make their purchases easier and, and probably make themselves relevant as well in the current sort of environment. Mm, absolutely. And it's really fascinating because you, you started the business 10 years ago, which was quite that's so innovative at that time because at that time I can't imagine there was too many people like thinking the way that they're thinking now so take me take me back to that sort of how did the idea initially come up about app score and and how did that sort of come to come to light yeah it, 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 actually, <laughs> it was there was a bit of thought but not a massive amount um <laughs> so Nick, Nick and I were housemates yeah, we, I think I think we were sitting at a pub one day, and we were like, you know what, we've got to do something together. So Nick's Nick's always been very entrepreneurial. He he's he started his second or third company out of the um, uh, I guess the apartment that 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 we were sharing. And then um, I was working for um, ANZ at the time, and it was like, Lex, let's let's just do something together. And I was like, yeah, okay, why not? Sounded pretty easy. So we started um. We brainstormed a whole ton of ideas, um, some of the really stupid stuff, right? Like, like we looked at, you know, physical marketing. We looked at um, a whole ton of stuff that I can't even remember. Um, and then we stumbled upon, you know, I think the iPhone 1 or 2 had just launched and um, people were like, well, why don't we do something in that space? You know, everybody's got one. I, I actually didn't have an iPhone at the time. I still used maybe a flip phone or something like that. Yeah. And um, we're like, yeah, let's, let's, let's just go do it and try it. And because um, Nick was, was already in the digital space um, and we're like, you know what, what, what we could really do is um, build a company that is focused on delivering all their work locally, high quality, hyper local um, sort of service, um, hiring the best people to, to, you know, move into this really high tech space at the time. Um, that's how it first started, and then if you talk about mobile now, it's just you know, mobile is like a website. Right? So yeah. It's 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 so common that um, you know it's it's not how people interact anymore, and and that's the one thing that we've noticed over over the last couple of years trends. It's not about whether you're on web or mobile. It's mm-hmm. it's um, you know the different ways that a company talks to a customer. It could be web, mobile, IVR, phone. It's it's. I think companies need to look at how they can be where the customer wants them to be mm-hmm. rather than necessarily forcing a customer down a particular journey. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're finding. That's why it's so important that um, you know, um, our clients have um, touch points in, in so many different locations. Yeah, that's, I, I, I completely agree. And you've just said something really interesting there because you were like, 
you know, we sort of sat down, we didn't really have it all figured out, but you just began, right? And so you, you know, you walked away from, I imagine, a very stable job with A and Z. So a lot of people, you know, they'd have worked their way up to get this big career. And then you, you left that, that safety net of the corporate job to start this business. So, you know, what, as an, as an entrepreneur, like how much of it is, do you have to have a big appetite for risk? You know, what advice would you give to people who are in maybe a similar position to what you were 10 years ago, who are thinking about doing something and have just sort of two, like fear is kind of holding the back. They're like, what do I do? How do I take the first step? Like, it, was there a thought process? Did you stop to think about it or did you just go for it? Um, I think the most important bit is you just go for it. Like yeah. there is a massive risk appetite. Like, 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 like you have to be prepared. You have, you have to have some sort of backup plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you and you have to have thought about you know worst case scenario how do I get through a couple of years of having very little or no income mm-hmm. so you have to be able to process that before you get started um, and that's what I sort of did um, you know I figured that if I can go a couple of years without uh, um, without any income then I had to plan it out you know what leading up to that how much do I save right how much do I need it to run but you know, once you get that sorted, the most important thing is you just go for it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what's important is you've 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 got to cut the you've got to cut the safety net. Um, and what I mean by that is, I see people try to moonlight a bit doing their side jobs, and you know, some people have been very successful at it, but there's always a tendency for people to fall back into the less risk um, less risk averse position, right? Because mm-hmm. You know, when you have to fight for your survival, you get creative, right? Do whatever you can. If you need to go hustle, like we hired our first developer through RMIT by me running around and sticking A4 bits of paper, <laughs> hiring mobile developers because because at the time you couldn't hire, yeah. you could not yeah. put a job on seek and go, hey, I want mobile developers. Yeah. Yeah. The technology just did not exist, right? So we thought about how do I get mobile developers? We've got this idea. We've got a website for it. What do I do now? And um, I was like, you know what? We can't hire them. Where would – we got creative on where we would find them, right? Where do people play with technology like that? Students. Mm-hmm. Right? Students yeah. love technology. So we're like, you know what? Let's just go there and see if we can find some devs. Mm-hmm. That's how we hired our first developer. Like it wasn't through seek and, and that's what I mean, you know, you, you've got to get creative, right? Mm. When you put in a position that it's do or die, like you have you have no option but to get creative and make things succeed. Because it's either you succeed, mm. you know, your business goes Absolutely. I like to say burn the boats, you know, yeah. like when the bird you know, you it's sink or swim, right? But yeah. I'm getting a lot of people, I think, one thing that this this pandemic has enabled us all to do is take a giant pause and actually take a breath and get really clear on what do I want? You know, is my job fulfilling me? Do I want to start my own business? Like what actually does Georgie, Alex, whoever's listening to this, what do, do, what do I want? And I think a lot of people are coming to the similar conclusions that perhaps they're not in a job right now that's fulfilling them. They've maybe thought about starting a business like... But then there's this, there's this, again, going back to the whole fear mentality, it is now the right time. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that because you know, you're very much in the market. You're speaking to a lot of businesses day to day. Is now a, is now of the right time to be thinking about starting a side hustle or a business? What's your thoughts on that? You know, I think it's always a good time 
to mm. to start a side hustle, <laughs> you know. But it, but but it comes down to how um, how serious you are about it, mm. you know. Now 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 is actually a good time because you know there's lots of opportunity. As I think you rightly pointed out, right? The world is on pause, right? Every industry is being disrupted, right? There are businesses that um, have just gone through the roof. Right? A lot of subscription, a lot of learning stuff. I mean, pop like like podcasts. People have so much time on their hands, right? They're sitting down and listen to. I, I I spend more time listening to TED talks and podcasts than I do on Facebook. Yeah. More educational, right? Then um, then sort of scrolling through through Instagram, and I think that now is good a time because people have have um they've got spare time to think through it to plan. Whereas on a day-to-day basis, if you're a full-time job, right, I'm assuming that most people work pretty hard, that um, you haven't got that time, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's um, right now, it's also because it's everybody's behavior is disrupted, right? People mm-hmm. are jumping online more and more. And online businesses are easy to start, right? Whatever you're doing, you're selling shoes, you're selling clothes, you know, you source them, you sell on a website. Like to start a, to, to build a Shopify web website take you a couple of days a couple of grand mm-hmm. you did that five ten years ago might cost you 10 20 30 grand but so, so now true. is as good as time as any and people have accelerated how much and what they're willing to buy online mm-hmm. i bought a ton of stuff online that i don't need because I'm- <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally so <laughs> it's, it's it's i think now is a good time but i think it's always a good time yeah about it and you really think you can make it work and you believe in yourself that's probably the most important thing that you believe in yourself um then i think you can make anything work yeah a hundred percent i heard a stat the other day that starting a business is 80 percent mindset right and i i completely agree with that because there are days when things just seem to be flowing for me, right? And I just feel good. I feel positive. I feel energized. And there's days that it just seems to be one thing after another. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I think I just step away from my laptop before my computer goes up in flames, you know? So I think mindset is so key. But I'd love to touch upon how how do you personally, how have you developed your mindset? What have you done over the years? And, and how are you constantly developing it? Because it's not something that you just sort of, you know, you, you go on a course or go to a seminar and then you've got this great mindset. So do you have any daily rituals or routines that really get you in the zone and help you stay resilient, stay positive, even during these uncertain, crazy times? You know, I, 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 <laughs> um, I don't think it's, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's developed over daily routines. Meditation helps, but I think you've heard that a million times already. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big believer in it, but I find it really hard to do. I don't know why, I just find it really hard to sit there and do nothing. But I think one of the key things is if you start your own business, I think it's a great help to have a co-founder, someone that you can bounce ideas off, right? So I've been lucky enough to have Nick as my co-founder, right? And um, to today, we're great mates um, and we're great business partners. And it's someone that you can call up that understands your position. I have a lot of other mates that are in business as well. I can call them up and go, dude, this just happened today. Like, uh, how the how, 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 how the F do I, you know, get myself out of this, right? And sometimes I feel that, you know, if I'm talking to somebody who's been working corporate, they might not understand because they've got a, uh, a cushy job or they've got a job without risk. But when you speak to people um, that are in your position, right, I think they, 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 
they empathize more mm-hmm. and they understand more, right? So being open to talking to people and not having an ego helps massively. Because if you've got an ego, right, if you're just listening to, you know, if you're not willing to take on feedback, if you're not willing to, you know, learn from someone else that's better than you or you're not willing to, you know, listen to other people, then you don't have opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. So I haven't always been an entrepreneur. I, I, um, um, I've always had a corporate job. And it wasn't until um, that, uh, you know, I met Nick that that sort of piece came out of me. Um, and then through there, it's the people that I associate with. Um, you know, what is it? You're, you're, you're the average of the five, you know, the five people you're around or the eight people yeah. you're around, whatever it may be. And you know, so a lot of my friends these days, and, and not, not necessarily, and, and I don't do it deliberately, but you just sort of gravitate mm-hmm. to people that you can learn off, gravitate to people towards, you know, that you can have, there's a, there's a, there's a common theme, right? So I can talk about running a business with some of my business mates, mm-hmm. right? I, you know, and at the same time, I think being open like that really helps your mindset is that you're not in it alone because sometimes mm-hmm. being a founder or starting a business can be a really lonely journey. And if you don't reach out to other people or you're close to reaching out to other people, mm-hmm. it, can, it, can, it can really be painful. I, I completely agree. And I completely agree with what you just said there that we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. I i am such a big fan of that yeah it's five yeah so i i i'm very much like selective with who i do want to spend my time with and you know but i also i think you just you just nailed it then when you said about not having an ego because i don't want to be around these five people and like if i'm having a bad day not be able to say look do you know what this just happened and i just want to voice this and speak to this and you don't want to be like the negative you know negative person but i think everybody it it needs to be a safe space for everybody just to be able to say exactly what they're thinking because especially when you're a leader right like when you're leading a team and you're the one however much vulnerability is important it's also you are also the driving force of the business and you can't always be coming on expressing your frustrations and expressing your concerns so having that safe space of people to talk to is i think really really important and you said something else that's really important as well, how entrepreneurship is very lonely. And I think that the thing is, is a lot of people see entrepreneurship as this is a really sexy thing, or you get to run your own business. So actually, it's seven days a week. It's long hours. And I'd love to talk to you a little bit about the whole mental health piece as well as an entrepreneur. And how, how do you balance, you know, do you believe in work-life balance? Do you, you know, do you have any time off? Like, what does, what do you do to sort of restore yourself? Um. I do. I I, th- I think I think it's important to have, um, especially now, um, to have a, a good daily structures, right? So even though I'm working from home all the time now, when I wake up in the morning, I still go to the same place to buy a coffee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, because I think with the blending of work and home, it's really easy to get just stuck in and just you keep on working, 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 right? Because the work never finishes, and, and if you don't leave your place of work, right, then it's easy to blend over. Um, but I think at the same time, um, you know, it's it's really important to, you know, you know, you know, when you used to be at like university, and everybody was like, oh, I, you know, I I was doing my assignment until like three o'clock, or studying until three o'clock, and then your mate would go, oh, I didn't even sleep. And then your other mate goes, I haven't slept for 48 hours. It's like, it's not a competition. It's actually really bad for you, right? It's like being an entrepreneur. Like Working yourself to the bone is not, I don't necessarily think is conducive 
um, to be able to think clearly, to be able to make great decisions, um, and to be um, to be able to work effectively. And I, I, you know, as as a leader, the most important thing is you make good decisions. If you're tired, you're not going to make good decisions. It's, I think it's important to get enough sleep. I think it's important to get exercise so you have your own time. And I think it's important to take breaks. Right? And, and I, I, I know some people that can just work super long hours, like very, very long hours. Um, but I don't think that's for most people. I think some people design that way. Some people get off four hours sleep. I can't. I think it's important to recharge, to take a break, get a different perspective. So I do a lot of thinking when I'm just walking around. I can't do thinking if I'm sitting at my desk, being pinged by WhatsApp, being pinged by Teams, Zoom, being called meetings, being called for um, doing, doing phone calls. So I think that time away from your desk is absolutely critical. Yeah, I one hundred percent. And you know, I I've, I tried it once. I tried to do the whole working seven days a week, working long hours, and I completely and utterly burnt out. And at the end of the day, if then you get sick, well, then you're having to take a week or two weeks off your business. And then you're kind of, you know, five steps, five steps forwards and more steps back, you know. So I think that's really, really powerful advice because we do sort of live in a bit of a society. And like you just said, then it's becoming a little bit of a competition. And it's very easy to sort of jump on to social media, LinkedIn and see everyone. Oh, so and so just started a business. They're working this amount and she's doing that. He's doing that. But actually, you've got to work out what's right for you and have the self-awareness. And like you just said, then you know that you come up with your best ideas when you're away from me just thinking. And actually, a lot of people do. I sometimes find like just changing up my environment, like going for a walk in nature, going onto my balcony, you know, going to do a little meditation. I I, then I'll come up with the best ideas because you're tapping into your intuition. If you're constantly in that, just like, you know, at your laptop, typing all day, ping into being sort of responsive you're not going to be constantly in that creative flow. So and that's really, really powerful advice. Now, touching on to sort of the whole leadership piece now, because how many, how many is uh, AppScore, how many people have you got under your care at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> We've got about 80 at my care at the moment. 80. Wow. Okay. So talk to me about that. Like, because there's a lot of like, you know, I work with a lot of hiring managers and people, you know, who've got big teams like you. What, what have you been doing? Like, you know, how have you handled this? How, how have you gone about, you know, keeping your team morale high and, and I guess making sure that, you know, we've kind of touched on your well-being, but also making sure that Alex gets his time as well. So let's talk about team morale first. How have you gone about doing that? That's, that's a really good question, actually. And I think it's one thing that's been spoken about a lot. Um, it's always a good reminder that in the current environment, it's actually really difficult. Um, so, you know, when we were in the office, I'd go in the office and I'd see everybody. Right? Whether I necessarily interact a lot with them, still spoke to them, you know. At, you know, if, if it was passing whilst I was heating up my dinner or sorry, my lunch, yeah, yeah. Um, you still spoke to your team, right? It could be how's your weekend, it could be a three-minute conversation, right? But it was all that interaction was there, and you can really connect with people. On Zoom, it's bloody hard. Like it's really, really hard. I, <clears throat> we've run some events um, which we think help, um, and people are very positive about it. That you know, we've run some trivia things. We've run um, um, what else? We run. Um, we, we 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 run retros um, with the team to get feedback on how everybody's going. But the challenge is that if you put, let's call it a small number, even twenty-five on a single Zoom meeting. 
You're going to have your people that are loud. You're going to have your people that are quiet, and not everybody's going to get a say, right? And so you're not going to be able to be there for every single person because you lose that one-on-one, right? And the, the flip side, right, is that if you make too many one-on-one calls, right, you don't have any time for yourself. So, you know, if you had, you know, if I'd, I'd probably try to contact at least um, four, maybe five people a week on a non-work basis just to check in with how they do. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, you spend half an hour with them um, and, you know, just, you just talk to them about how they're doing, how their mental health is, you know, how their kids, how their family, completely unwork-related. But I found that has a lot more cut through than trying to do a big team event. We've run a few, and whilst they're good and people get excited, like I think that it doesn't impact that it's used to. Um, so yeah, that's from a from a team morale perspective. It's you know it's making sure that um, you know you have one on one time with people. Um, sometimes it's just a phone call. Taking that one-on-one time that you previously wouldn't do when you're at work because you've got those micro moments that you spend with your staff is more critical now than ever. Alex, you just talked about how like one-on-one's really important. And I think I can second that because same thing with our team. We did a few like group events, but you're right. Like some people on those calls weren't happy to open up about actually generally what was going on. So I do think that's really, really powerful advice about how reaching out and speaking to people one-on-one and not doing the whole team at once because like you just said then you'll burn out trying to make those calls and you'll get nothing else done so just taking it a small group each week do it um, touching base I think that's really really powerful so looping a sort of background then to what what should how should companies be thinking right now so I guess let's just say speaking to your sort of someone's listening to this right now and they're thinking about innovating pivoting what yep. advice would you give to somebody who just sort of wants to think to the future now? How would you, what would you sort of say, what's the biggest thing they should be focusing on? I think a first step is um, look at um, find customer data. Right? So there's a lot of research being done out there how people's behaviours have changed since COVID. Um, their shopping habits, um, you know, um, I think Google have, some good reports on what people are searching for most, and it's actually quite it's 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 actually quite 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 interesting about um, you know the things that are people searching for most um, you know home supplies like um, what is it uh, hand sanitizer stuff like that so that is just the first piece that where you can find data right so Google has a lot of it right mm-hmm. find out how people's behaviors are changing and have a guess where it's going to land right there's obviously no crystal ball. Um, about what um, the economy is going to look like. But the one thing is for sure is everybody's going to be online. And there's so much data in there that um, if there's something that is niche, look at that. Right? So you don't want to be a generalist, right? If there's something that you can do really, really, really well that people will look for you, it doesn't matter how small the market is, right? Um, if you can be the best at it, that's probably a good idea on where to look at. So find data, get into something that you think you're going to be really good at, Right. It could be, know, it could be basket weaving. I don't know, right? It could be puzzle. Like who would have thought puzzles, right, would go through the roof, mm. right? And then work out how you're going to get it online. Mm. That's really, that's really so, powerful advice. Yeah, it's the most important thing is that you don't just look at where we are now. You look at where we're going to be, right? How behaviours have changed, mm. and how it's going to continue to change, and how it's you know, um, 
our office right now is just a really expensive place to store computers. Mm-hmm. We would have thought that six months ago. Right, and so the entire con has been disrupted. So the most important thing is where it's going to be as opposed to where it is now. And I think a lot of people are still quite focused on where we are because it's still pretty tough, especially here in Victoria. Like, as, um, But, yeah, look at where we're going to be rather than where we are now. Yeah, that's that's really good because I think this is the thing: it's, it's keeping perspective, right? Because we're not going to be here forever. You know, we are. We're going to get through this. We always do. And yes, it's going to be tough and it's going to be challenging. But it's keeping perspective. When we come out of this, what's it? What's life going to be like? And I guess thinking about, you know, I guess what problems are people going to be having? What problems are people going to be coming up with? I think that's probably a. Would you say another sort of good question to be asking? Like, what problems? What are the gaps? Yeah. Yeah, look, it's 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 hard to answer those questions, you know. But good to, but it's they're they're good topics to think about, right? Because uh, if you think about now, you're going to be thinking at a time where we're in disaster. What can I do about now, right? But if you build a business, it's not for now; it's for the future, right? Most businesses aren't profitable for the first twelve months, right? In twelve months' time, we'll be out of COVID, right? So, what's the world going to look like then, right? Um, is the most important thing to Sort of look yeah. at like who would have thought that dumbbells cost seven bucks a kilo? Oh, <laughs> you need to mortgage your house to buy to to buy a dumbbell. It's crazy. It is unbelievable. That's the first thing when when COVID hit, I went straight onto online. It's like eBay, gym equipment, and it was just like skyrocketing. I was like, what a huge opportunity opportunity for gyms though to like rent their equipment. I'd be yeah. like renting out. I'd be like thinking about cool. How can I get another membership? So it's just it's being resourceful, and yeah. I think that. One thing that will come out of all of this is some is true entrepreneurs. Like I think like amazing entrepreneurs are going to be born from this. And that's very, very exciting. So look, I love to sort of wrap it up. I always ask this question. I think, you know, anyone who comes from this podcast, they've got great mindsets. They've achieved a lot. And throughout the journey, I think people learn a lot about themselves. So I'd love to know what, how would you define success in your life? Like what would a successful life in your eyes look like? question um i got asked that a while ago i reckon a house in nice would be really nice but beyond that um you know i think that um i think success i you know success is not just about money and i think it should be i think if you chase the money right you'll end up you'll 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 end up being focused on the wrong thing right um for me success means leaving a legacy um you know whether it's building generational wealth, and I know that's attached to money, so it's almost a bit uh, a bit critical there. But, but at the same time, it's doing something that is going to add value, right? If, you know, I would love to give back to society right? when I have the capability to do that. Right? That's I think it's critical. I think the environment um, is a, place, a great place to give. So if I can lend my skills or my company towards, you know, things like that, it would make me pretty happy, right? Because it's not just me taking from the world, it's me giving back as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And beyond that, happy family, happy life, happy wife. No. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but, uh, but I think leaving a legacy is uh, definitely a key part of it. I don't know what it's going to look like yet. I'm still working on it, but um, I think it's important to have those aspirations. Yeah, it's a service for others, isn't it? I think that's probably where, and I would completely agree with that, by the way, because I think that there's been times in my life where I've chased nothing but the money and achieved the goal of whatever and then got to the end and thought, is this all there is? 
there was no fulfillment there so i think it goes deeper than that doesn't it so no absolutely beautifully said i think that's uh that's again a really really wonderful message to round up so alex if people wanted to reach out you know if they've got a if they've got a business that they want to get transformed they want things to get built where should they reach out where should they go to find you uh, they can find me on LinkedIn um, or they can just uh, email me alex.bluey.appscore.com.au. Happy to get, you know, happy for people to contact me just to have a chat if anything else, even if some of your guests want to have a chat, happy to be in touch. Amazing. Thank you so much. I have absolutely loved this episode and I'm sure all of my listeners got so many takeaways from it. I know I certainly did. So thank yeah. you so much for your time yeah. and uh, yeah, I'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind to Lead podcast. I really hope you got some great takeaways and key learnings from this episode. To help us spread the message, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We love reading your thoughts and your insights and your learnings. And look, reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Georgie Hubbard. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Georgie L. Hubbard. Let's connect. I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to speaking to you all again soon.